welcome to track number three of Finish What You Started. Direct, prevail, help us and strengthen and encourage us, Lord. Thank you for this blessed morning and this great opportunity. What a great blessing to stand before your saints and your chosen ones, Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may take your seats in his presence. Hallelujah. Well, it's a blessing to see all of you and um, to share fellowship with you. I believe it's going to be a great camp. Hallelujah. I believe it's going to be a very, very powerful camp. You can tell from the atmosphere already that we are very expectant. I also want to hear about finish what you started. How many of you are ready to hear about finish what you started? I would like to finish what I have started. So um, I believe that um, our daddy will be in with us shortly to um, encourage us to finish what we started. I believe that some of us will be moved to the end of the race. And some of us will be shown the way to finish what we have begun. Amen. So, well, I will just... Um, share some few thoughts with you and um, encourage you briefly. I understand we'll be going for breakfast shortly, so this is a very short session. Isn't it? You're hungry, isn't it? I mean, if you're hungry. I mean, for, for food into your stomach. Yeah. It would be nice to go for breakfast, so we'll go for breakfast shortly. And then, so this will be a very short, brief exhortation for encouragement in, in the kingdom, and then we'll go for breakfast. Okay? Well, a safe place to begin is First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. Okay? <laughs> it's always a safe place to begin, isn't it? Next time someone calls you to preach, let's tell them that turn to First Corinthians chapter 4. And verse 2. Okay. Yeah. So you've never preached from there before. Learn this morning. Next time someone calls you up to come and share something, just say First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. You see that the way has already been made. You can preach for six hours from First Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. And people will be blessed. Are you ready to be blessed? Mm-hmm. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1 says, I let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. Hallelujah. It is required in stewards that... How many of you are shepherds and workers in your churches? Wherever you've come from. Yeah. So Bible is saying that one of the main qualifications that you must have as a steward and as a worker is that you must be found trustworthy. That is, worthy of trust. That is, you deserve to be trusted. That we can hand over trust to you. We can give you trust. 
that someone who is trustworthy, someone that is worthy of trust, and someone who deserves to be trusted, and someone that you can give your trust to, that I can count on you, I can rely on you, I can look up to you, I can expect from you what I am expecting. And um, I think that King James says that you must be found faithful. Um, I think um, we all know that faithful is, um, or most of us should know, that faithful is someone who is reliable, someone who is constant, someone who is consistent, someone who is dependable. You know, someone who is trustworthy is a faithful person. But uh, one of the important things that this verse is saying that I believe that we must see is that what it's saying is that being trustworthy or being faithful is not an automatic thing. It's something that must be attained. It's like a qualification that you must have. And um, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't just meet someone for the first time. I mean, you can say it, but it doesn't really carry much weight till you prove yourself as that. You can't meet someone and say that, look, listen to me, um, I am a faithful person. You don't, you don't announce yourself as a faithful person. Otherwise, you fall into the scripture in Proverbs chapter 20, which says that many proclaim of their own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. Because I don't think anybody will come up and say to you that I'm a very bad person. I'm a, an evil person. I'm a wicked person. I'm sure everybody will say, I am good. I am good. I am with you. I'll be with you. I'll stand by you. I'll flow with you. I'll fight with you. Where you go, I go. As thy soul liveth. I had a pastor used to tell me that as thy soul liveth, as my soul lives, he will be with me. As my soul lives. Till he became a missionary in Kenya. <laughs> but he used to tell me, as thy soul liveth. Anywise, ask him to, like, can we go on visitation? He say, as thy soul liveth. Can we do this? As thy soul liveth. Can we go here? Say, Rev, as thy soul liveth. It's like, I am with you. Till, till, till you die. The only thing that can separate us is death. Even chariots cannot separate us. <laughs> till he saw great works in Kenya. But he's still with me here. But the Bible is saying that if you're a steward, you must aim. You must aim. You must strive to be found trustworthy. To be found faithful. That you are a faithful person. Which means, which gives room for the passage of time. And not just time, but different tests and different experiences. It means that you must make room and be prepared for different experiences. You must have the experience and you must have both good experiences and, and bad experiences. So that through it all and after everything, we can say that this person is faithful. This person is dependable. Not just, not just one morning or three months in the church or six months in the church or after being around for a year, then you say that you are a faithful person or you are a loyal person or you are a trustworthy person. You can't say that. You can't say that. You can't just arrive and say, I am faithful. Believe you me, I am faithful. As thy soul liveth. Something will test it. Something has to test it. It has to be tested. It has to be proven. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? It has to be proven before you can say that you are a faithful person. Because many people have said they've been faithful before. 
Have you not met people who said they were faithful? And you found out that they were not faithful. Many people have said they, were, they are faithful. I'm sure many, many um, husbands or wives who have said, who, who, are, who have been unfaithful said they were faithful. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean many, I'm sure many, many guys said to their wives, I'm very faithful, I am with you, I'll be with you, as thy soul liveth. And found out that they were not as faithful when it was tested, they were not as faithful as they thought they were faithful. So faithfulness is something that you achieve, or you attain to, or you earn. It's something that with time you earn, because things will try you, you will be tried. You'll be tried. In a ministry, you'll be tried. In your Christian work, you'll be tried. I'm sure there are people, there probably, there must have been people who were here um, at probably the last camp we had here who are not here today. I'm sure there must have been people who were here and they were happily here, full of zeal and full of energy and saying probably if they had the chance, they would have said, they would have said, as thy soul liveth, I shall be with you. But by the next camp, we can see that they are not here. For whatever reason, they are not here. For whatever excuse, they are not here. That, do, you see, do you see immediately that faithfulness is being tested? Trustworthiness is being tried. Dependability is being tested. Whether you are worthy of, of trust has now been put on the stage that does this person deserve to be trusted? Even though this person was around, alive, I can do this, jumping around, excited around, but with time. With time, you see, time usually sorts out all the differences that the eye cannot see. All the differences in character, differences in thinking, differences in the way we perceive things. I mean, all time, you just give time, things will be sorted out. You see who is who and who is not who is not who. Just, just with time and just after time, we see the differences. So, when the Bible says that it is a requirement, it means that it is a requirement. It means that before you stand up and say that I am a minister of God, I am a servant of God, I am a pastor in the church, I am a shepherd in the church, please, in addition to that, we need the qualification of faithfulness, of a faithful person. That what you used to say, you are still saying it. What you used to do, you are still doing it. What you used to be excited about, you still are excited about those things. Because the tests will come. The trials will come. When you have not been tested, you should know that you haven't begun the course. You haven't started yet. The thing that separates people in any institution, in any company, in any, in the world is what type of exam have you written and what type of exam have you not written? As I'm standing here, I can't, I can't say to you that I'm a doctor. Maybe I can say I'm a doctor, but I am not. Because what it takes to become that, I have not done it. I have not, re- I have not written the exam or even pa- or passed the exam. That would make me into a medical doctor. I haven't done it. So I can't claim it. So the thing that will make you into a faithful person, when it has not been tried, you can't. You, you, you can't claim it. So welcome to the club when you start experiencing difficult times and difficult things. Welcome to the club that you are now writing the exam to give you the promotion to be called a faithful person. When you run away, when you give up, when you get so irritated and give up during difficult times, you should know that you are failing the exam. 
you are failing the test. The scheduled test for your promotion, you are failing it during a difficult time. Because in your life, there's a timetable. You may not see, but there's a timetable that in 2009 March, let this guy really be tested. This guy must be tested. He must try this exam. Let's see his faithfulness. Let's see whether he can stand after the heat. Or when the heat has blown, you say, look, this is not my calling. This is not my ministry. This is not what I'm, this is not what I want to do. Because everybody, when you see, when you see, see, when you see someone standing somewhere nicely, moving in ministry, doing well, one of the things you must say to yourself that this guy has been tested. He must have been tested. I mean, he must have been tested. He must have seen a thing or two. He must have seen some things. I was in one of our churches um, in the past week, and I saw this lady that, you know, I've known her since the 90s in the church but see as soon as i saw her sitting in the congregation it struck me that this girl must be a faithful person because with years i mean at least i could count at least 16 years that i've known her i mean to be around and to be in the church for 16 years i mean tell me that there's not been difficult times there must have been some difficult times there must have been some struggles there must have been some hecklings here and there some pushing and shoving you know, she must have thought. I, I even asked her, have you not thought of leaving the church before? She said, yes, I have. I said, have you not had some difficult times? She said, I have. But as she was, yes, I saw her husband, I saw her, I said, this girl must be a faithful person. I mean, she must be someone who has been tested and tried and she is still around. And she's still around. If you are still around after 10 years, congratulations. If you are still around after 5 years, Congratulations. If you are still around, if you say, you say to yourself, this is, this is what you want to do, and you are still in that thing after so many years, then you are earning, you are earning the title that I am a faithful person. I am really, I'm, I'm, I really, I really can be called a steward of Christ, a steward of God, a worker for God, as someone who is committed to the work of God, because I have been tested and I have stayed with what I said I will do. Many people say they will do things, but when they are tested, they change their mind. Because they say it's too, it's too difficult. It's too difficult. It's too difficult. It's too difficult. I was talking to a brother who was supposed to be a missionary. I was talking to him once. I said, I said, missionaries don't talk like this. I said, this is not the language of missionaries. I said, a missionary does not talk this way. A missionary does not say does not say things like because the missionaries that you see who are still there with their churches they've had these experiences. I said I've seen them; they've had this experience that you have, but they don't speak. They don't use this language. This language you are using is not used by a missionary. As you are talking, I can see already that you are beginning to fail. Are you understanding, or you are not understanding? Yeah, I'm talking to you about faithfulness and being loyal so i tell you look you, are, you have been tried it just in your early days you have been tried already and people have been tried on this issue and they are still there but your language has changed so i can see already that if you are not careful you will not pass this test you will not be a faithful missionary you will not be a faithful minister we'll be here and you will be, you'll be back to wherever you left from and lo and behold, he's back there. 
So he's, he's tried one test. He couldn't pass. Probably he, will, he would have to try again. He would have to go again and try something again till, till he's found faithful in what has been given to him. Till he's found faithful with it. Your different gifts, your different callings, your different talents, your different abilities that you have, it will be tried. It will be tested. And you have to remain faithful with what has been given to you. Then you can call yourself a faithful person. Hallelujah. So this morning, let's quickly look at... It's almost time to eat. Oh, don't worry. Sometimes it's nice when it's almost time. <laughs> it's not always nice for the congregation that the service is over. There are times that it's nice for the preacher that it's over. Yeah. When the preacher says, I have, you know, I have 10 points. I've done three and the time is up, but it's okay. I'm not out of word, but I'm out of time. You know, if I'm not being for time, I'll still be preaching. But deep in his heart, he's so happy. He's so happy that it's over. <laughs> so, quickly, the loss of loyalty. Are you around? The first law is that loyalty is the key to expansion. And I believe that this subject even fits into our theme. Finish what you started. You can't finish something if you are not faithful to it. Mm. You've got to stay with something to be able to finish it. To be able to to see it through. You've got to believe that this is what I have to do. And this is what I've been called to do. And this is my assignment. And this is my work. Before you can finish it. Otherwise, you won't finish it. You can't finish it. You cut corners and, you know, give up eventually. But loyalty is the key to expansion. If we want to expand, if we want to grow, if we want to have 10,000 micro churches, then we need more faithful, trustworthy, and loyal people. Then we need people who are with us today and will be with us tomorrow. Then we need people who are lighthouse shepherds, members, pastors today and will still be lighthouse shepherds, pastors and members tomorrow. Not people who are here today and then tomorrow they are with another ministry. You can't expand. You can't expand when you have people around who are not trustworthy. People who are not faithful. People who are not dependable. You need dependable people to expand. Because you can't, because you see, if you are ahead of an organization, you can't be everywhere all the time. You can't be everywhere all the time. So you need someone who has the same spirit of the house, who has the same drive, who has the same passion, who has the same, who understands the vision, who understands the, that's why, that's why we teach, that's why we teach that to have the spirit of the house, you must catch the eight components of the, of the spirit of the house. That you understand the vision, you understand the emphasis, the procedures, the principles, the standards, and the, and the you have, you have the, the philosophies, and you know, you have, you have the, the things of the house. You have it in you. Else you can't. You can't represent us. 
You can't represent us. You can't, you can't be an ambassador in Mozambique if you don't have the spirit of the house. You can't be an ambassador in Malawi if you don't have the spirit of the house. I mean, you just can't because you'll be there for a while before we realize, after we thought that we had expanded into this country, before we realize we are rather shrinking. Because the person there hasn't got the spirit. Because the person there is not faithful to the vision. It's not faithful to the vision of the house. But you've got to be faithful to the vision of the house. If, we, if, if you want to be part of what God is doing in Lighthouse, you've got to be faithful to the vision of the house. To the vision of... Because Lighthouse vision is different from house light vision. As much as house light vision is, is different from Lighthouse. It's not, it's, not, it's not better, but it is different. The emphasis will be different. Emphasis will always be different. Sometimes even the vision is different. What we want to achieve, what we want to do sometimes is different. And so you see that the way we go about things are different. The way we start things are different. The way we try to do things are different. We had some pastors once who wrote a letter that they want a percentage of the offering. And you see that you see that these are people who don't have, you see, what they don't have essentially is the vision of the house. It's the vision of the house. So you see, recently I was there and I took an offering in the basket and I said to the, the congregation, I said to them that look, we can share this offering right now. That let's share the offering. Let's, let's sit here, come the offering and share it amongst the pastors who are here. So that, so that the church dies here. That this is the end of the church. Everything should end now. We should take the offering and, and share. I said we should share. I'll take my cat. The pastor sitting in front. Take, take your cat. Take your cat. Take your cat. Let's stand here. Any other thing happening anywhere in the world. We, what In other words, what we are saying is that to hell with uh, the rest of the world. The rest of the world should die and perish. To hell with you. Go to hell. Perish. Because if you are a lay minister or you are a pastor in Lighthouse and you have the vision and the dream of the church and the, and, and the heart, the heart of the visionary, your, your mind will not be, let's share money. Because it has never been about money. It has never been about money. It has, it, money has never been our driving force. So I held the pastor and said, come, let's share the money. Come, let's share it now. This is a let's share the money. (laughs) Let's share and finish. Let's preside over the collapse of the vision of the house. Come, I'll be the chairman of the collapse, the collapsing committee. Collapsing committee of the church. That everything should end here. Everything should die here. So you see, when you are in the church, you have to understand the vision of the church. Because faithfulness is the key to expansion. It's the key to expansion. When you understand, see, when you don't understand, you develop all kinds of... See, and these are, the te- these are the tests that you meet on the way. These are the tests. Some of these guys broke away and started, and started churches. I said, I pity their congregation. I pray for their congregation. I mean, a pastor who is coming to pastor you because his eyes are on your offerings. His eyes are on your tithe. His mouth is open wide like an alligator. 
waiting for your time to come in to snap it. I said, I pray for that congregation. I, I pray, and I sincerely feel sorry for that congregation. When a pastor has said, come to me. Come to me. I asked for a percentage somewhere. It was not given to me. So I'm coming. I'm coming not for a I'm coming for 100%. I'm coming to chop it full. I'm coming for blood transfusion. I'm coming for your blood. I'm preaching. <laughs> yeah. We can't expand. We can't expand. We can't grow. We, can't, we cannot even have a thousand microchips. We can't. We can't. Without faithful people, we can't. We can't. We can't have it. There is no way we can have it. There is no way we can expand. There is no way we can increase. That is how come when you hear the message on loyalty, you must always be excited. You must always encourage it. I mean, when you're, you're past, if you're in a church, your pastor has not preached our loyalty for a while, you must ask the pastor, loyalty, we want some. We, we, we want some loyalty. We, we need some loyalty. Those are the bad. Are you, are you with me? Yeah. We, we need some loyalty because it, it helps us. It helps us build. It makes us build. Thank God for all these faithful guys you see in the front here that we can mention country by country, city by city, that lighthouse is represented because we have faithful people there. If they open their mouth like alligators and say, well, now we want to chop. Do you understand chop? Now we want to eat. That's the end. It ends there. It ends there. The vision that God has given to the bishop comes to an end. It comes to an instant, immediate end that it's finished. You can't because the type of people you need to, to, to fulfill a vision, you don't have it. That's how come the emphasis of the house will be different. Because a single church, I'm, just, I'm building a single church, may not need to preach much about loyalty. He doesn't need to preach much about loyalty. He has to preach about other things. I mean, a single church, I mean, just one church. Just one church. So sometimes we have to understand what we have and where we are. And what, what it takes, the, the things it takes to build what we have. I was watching a certain man of God on television. He was having like, you know, a talk. They were talking. And then suddenly, he took up denominations and started to lambast. And I was watching, I was listening to all the points he has against a denomination. And you see, when he finished, I said to myself, I said to myself, I understand why this man is talking this way. I, I really understand because he's a great man of God. I mean, I can't, I can't even criticize him. But I learned something from what he said and from the points he gave. Because all the points he gave, that is exactly what you need to have a denomination. All the things he was, but see, you don't need it for a single church. He has a single church. He has a single, large, mega, meaty, chunky, stable, beefy, juicy, voluptuous church. So he doesn't need some things. But as I was listening to him, I said to myself, what this man is saying, it, this is exactly what you need if you have a certain vision. That's why I think it's very dangerous to criticize someone. Because you don't know what God has called him to. 
You don't know what God is requiring from the person. You don't, what, you don't know what God is asking from the person. You don't know what God expects from you. You don't know what it takes to have what the person must have. So when you see the person shouting and preaching something, you should be crazy because that is what the person needs to build his vision. And for the vision to be fulfilled and for God's calling to be fulfilled. And when you are in the church, we are in the church that is as developed and advanced as Lighthouse, we need the key of loyalty for expansion. It's nothing to be shunned. It's nothing to be written off. It's nothing to be criticized. It is a key to expansion. It is the key to expansion. It is the main thing that you need. That we all think the same way. We all say the same things. We all have the same vision. We have the same passion. We have the same drive. And wherever you are, you maintain the same vision. Whatever country you find yourself in, whatever area you find yourself in, that we speak the same things and say the same things. Otherwise, it is going to affect the vision in the sense that we will decrease and we will not increase. Amen. So we need loyalty because it is the key to expansion. Number two. Is it breakfast time? Mm. It's about to be time, but it's not time yet. Okay. The next one is that loyalty has a single eye. That's the next law. A loyalty has a single eye. He hasn't got two eyes. He has one eye. He sees one thing. He believes in one thing. Does one thing. Focuses on one thing. He's not here and there. He's not here and thinking, what is it like to be there? He's not here and imagining, I would like to be there. Or I would have loved to have been there. But he's here, he just thinks it's here, and I've got to develop what I have and build what I have. In Matthew chapter 6, the Bible says from verse 22, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye be, sing- the eye be single, thy whole body will be full of light. Amen. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Then he goes on, following this statement, he says that no man can have two masters. No man can have two masters. In other words, in other words, no man can serve two things. That, that, that no, no man can be a servant in two different areas. You can't be a servant here and a servant there. You can only serve in one place. You can only serve in one place. You can only have one master. Because he says that if you have two masters, you will hate one and love the other. Or you will hold to the one and despise the other. You can't, you see, you can't, that, that, it's, it's very simple. When you have two masters, you definitely like one and you don't like the other. Any man who has two wives likes one wife that's not like the other wife. Even though he says to both of them that I like you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How do you know? <laughs> I'm saying it. Okay, okay. But not that you have two wives. Okay. <laughs> You're hearing me. Yeah. 
you must have one eye. You must have one eye. And you must see one thing. And you must be a servant in one church. I said, you must be a servant in one church. You must give all your energy and all your strength and all your intelligence to one church, to this church. If you are in this church, be in this church. Because according to the words of Christ, as soon as you develop two eyes, you have developed an evil eye. He didn't call it a second eye. He called it an evil eye. An evil eye. Because as soon as you, you have something else that you are interested in, you have to start criticizing something. Have you not noticed that sometimes to be, to, to be able to run fast or to advance in something, you tend to criticize something else. You just say, this thing is not so good. So that you can have the strength to go this way. So you develop, when you have two things that you are interested in, you develop an evil eye. An evil eye towers one of them. When you look at it, you say, ah, this thing is like this. This thing is this. This thing is that. I don't like this thing. It looks this way. It could have been this way. Because you don't like it. Because in everything that you have, it, you can see faults about it. But when you have a single eye, anything about that thing is nice. Anything about it is good. Anything about it is enjoyable. Anything about lighthouse must be nice to you. Anything about lighthouse must be something that excites you. When we say camp, you must be excited. When we say convention, you must be excited. When we say healing Jesus uh, service, you must be excited. I mean, you must be excited about things that have to do with lighthouse because you have a single eye. When you're not excited, we wonder what have you seen? Or what are you looking at? What else is what else is in view? What else can you see? And what else are you trying to see? What has appeared on your on your vision? What has appeared? What has appeared on your focus? What, what are you focused? What have you seen? So that you see people they are with you full of sin and they start cooling off because they've seen something. They've seen something. They've seen something else. They are getting excited about something else. Something else is taking their attention. Like, past, like pastors who are full of zeal, serving the Lord. In fact, people who have said, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to preach every Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. Because I was an illegal immigrant in this, in this country. And you came and you didn't find me illegal like the police finds me illegal. But you found me anointed. You found me called. Thank you for giving me the sacred pulpit to preach on, uh, to preach from. And then suddenly their eye begins to see something else. Then they'll start asking for percentage. But they have said thank you. They have written letters to say thank you if they can write. They have, they have, <laughs> they have, they have said thank you. They have said thank you. When they see you, it's like, it's like, wow. So you think I can do it. You believe in me. You trust in me. It's such a privilege. It's such an honor to be asked to preach. Because I, I was just a church member. And you have seen the call of God in me. Supported me. I have 13 people. I have 25 people. I have 30 people that I preach to. And you see, when there was a single eye, there's joy, there's excitement, there's zeal. Then suddenly, the, mind, the eye... The eye, the eye sees something, something that can be shared, something that can make me buy another shoe, something that can make me buy a shirt, 
Something that can make me buy some chicken. The eye sees something. And it's not just something that the eye has seen. But like the Bible says, an evil eye. Did you know an evil eye? When you don't have a single eye, you have an evil eye. The eye becomes evil. The, the eye becomes devilish. The things that you see, your perception and your views and your opinion becomes devilish. It becomes a devilish reasoning. Your reasoning becomes devilish. It becomes something that is fueled by Satan. Satan begins to fuel your desires and your interests. Are you here or you've gone? You've got to be here. Somebody who has said thank you, now does not say thank you anymore. Now he's giving you an ultimatum. That if you don't respond by two weeks. Somebody who did, who did, not, think, did not think can speak. And is now speaking. And speaking the oracles of God. And because people are saying to you, I am blessed. And I can be, and I, am, and I have been blessed. And oh, pastors are not called pastor. Even bra, do you know bra? Even bra, he has not been called bra. He said, usually these things happen when we forget about a lot of things. When we forget. Oh, we can't, we can't remember what has been done. We can't remember what we were like. You can't remember that even preaching has even helped you to improve your English language. That the, only, the only language you could speak was your mother tongue. Do you know mother tongue? That is the language your mother spoke with you. Besides that, you have not learned any other language. Your ma- the only thing you speak is your mother tongue. Mother, mother tongue. Your mother's tongue. But when the eye, you see, when the eye becomes evil, evil eye, wicked eye, I mean wicked eye, deceptive eye, deluded eye, when you develop that type of eye, you can't see again that God has helped you and God has blessed you. I think it's time for breakfast. I told you sometimes it's good for the pastor that it is also time to take a break. It's time for breakfast, isn't it? Yeah, it's time. So, when we come back after breakfast, we shall continue. God bless you with a single eye. This message continues on the next track. Keep listening.